DNA from a knife, sheath, and cell phone data. What we've learned about the case against a man charged with killing four Idaho college students, plus what a surviving roommate saw. Remarkable improvement. Buffalo Bill safety Damar Hamlin now awake and communicating. The first question he asked. And President Biden headed to the Texas-Mexico border. The new policies he announced today to turn away migrants from some countries. Sunny skies again today, but it starts to look different tomorrow in first warning weather. First this evening, we've got breaking news. Texas fires basketball coach Chris Beard. Thanks for joining us, everyone. I'm Mike Rush in for Daniel Muddy. And I'm Britt Moreno. Coach Rodney Terry will be the acting head coach for the rest of the season. Beard, who was hired after coaching five years at Texas Tech, was arrested December 12th and charged with a third-degree felony after being accused of choking and hitting his fiance. The school says Beard engaged in unacceptable behavior that makes him unfit to serve. It says it is terminating him for cause with no further payout. But attorneys for Beard dispute that, saying Beard maintains his innocence, that his fiance retracted her statements, and that they expect the district attorney's office to decline to press any charges. Beard maintains he's done nothing that is unbecoming of a head coach or reflects poorly on the university. That is likely not the last we've heard of this legal battle. And the most immediate question tonight, what's next for the Longhorns basketball team? This is all blowing up as the team moves into the Moody Center and they're having a really good season. They are. KXAN's Roger Wallace joins us now with more. Roger? Yeah, you think about, Mike, the day it happened, Texas had to turn around, play that night, and won a very tough overtime game against Rice. They're right in the thick of things. And for this team and this coaching staff, since it's happened, they've had to go on business as usual and play in what they hope is a very long season. As you mentioned, Rodney Terry was the associate head coach. Now he will be the acting head coach for the rest of the season. Then depending on things go, obviously, with the season, possibly has a chance to earn the job full time. Horns are 12 and 2. They won at Oklahoma, then lost against Kansas State. Chris Beard brought so much energy to the program, brought these players to the program. And now they will go on, at least knowing a little bit of closure here as the Longhorns begin the next chapter on Saturday against Oklahoma State. When you talk about the future, you'll hear a lot of candidates. No name will be off the table when it comes to the next head coach at the University of Texas. That's the astonishing part of this is that Texas thought they had their 20-year coach and brand-new arena. So much momentum, not only for this season, but moving forward. Two five-star recruits have decided... Uh, they'll have to decide whether or not they want to stay with their commitment to Texas or seek a release from their letter of intent. Right now, this team will try to regroup from another huge piece of news and get ready to play a tough game at Oklahoma State on Saturday morning. Mike Britt. Thank you very much, Roger. In other news, President Biden is headed to El Paso on Sunday for his first border visit since taking office. He also announced new policies today banning immigrants from coming from some countries from crossing the border to claim asylum while increasing the number of legal pathways for those migrants to apply from their home countries. More now from Mike Mamoli from outside the White House. President Biden today rolling out a long-awaited plan to try to deal with the surge in illegal crossings at the U.S.-Mexico border, opening up some new legal pathways for migrants, but with strings attached. In remarks at the White House this morning, the president announced he was expanding a program he says has successfully reduced the number of Venezuelans attempting to enter the U.S. illegally to include three additional countries, Cuba, Haiti, and Nicaragua. Under this new program, the administration will begin admitting up to 30,000 individuals each month from each country as long as they apply from their home countries, have a sponsor in the U.S., 
and also pass the security screening. Those attempting to claim asylum at the U.S. border will be quickly returned to their home countries, the White House says. Now, this comes as the president is also announcing his plans to travel to the border himself on Sunday. He'll go to El Paso, where he'll have a chance to hear not just from local officials, but from some of the federal agents on the border about the challenges they're facing there on a daily basis. He also challenged Republicans in Congress to work with him on a longer-term plan to try to have a more comprehensive overhaul of our nation's immigration system. Now, this all comes as President Biden is also planning to travel to Mexico City next week, where he'll meet with Mexico's president as well as Canada's prime minister minister to try to come up with a more comprehensive international plan to deal with the root causes of this migrant surge. Mike Memoli, NBC News, outside the White House. New documents detail the investigation that led to the arrest of a man accused in the brutal murders of four Idaho college students. Dan Sheneman reports on the case against him. Brian Koberger walked into a courtroom in Idaho to face four counts of first-degree murder. The maximum penalty for this offense, if you were to plead guilty or be found guilty, is death or imprisonment for life. Koberger is accused of stabbing and killing four University of Idaho students inside a home in Moscow back in November. Remain in custody on the no bail pending further proceedings in this matter. There are also newly released court records about the case. Those records indicate one of the housemates who was in the house at the time of the killings came into contact with the alleged killer before he left the home. Court records also say a knife sheath was discovered at the scene next to one of the victims and DNA discovered on the sheath. Police then tracked Koberger with the help of cell phone records to his parents' home in Pennsylvania and found matching DNA on the trash collected at that home. Last week, Koberger was taken into custody in Pennsylvania without incident. According to his Pennsylvania attorney, Koberger intends to plead not guilty. He believes he's going to be exonerated. Koberger was flown back to Idaho Wednesday night, but it's still not clear what, if any, connection he had to the victims or what could have been his motive. Dan Sheneman, NBC News. Troubling story tonight. Police in Enoch, Utah now say a 42-year-old man killed his wife, his mother-in-law, and the couple's five children before killing himself. Court records show the wife had filed for divorce two weeks ago. Officers conducting a wellness check found all eight victims inside the family home with gunshot wounds. The children ranged in age from 4 to 17. It is day three of the new Congress, also day three of disorder and dysfunction among House Republicans who remain divided over who should be their speaker. Republican leader Kevin McCarthy has the backing of 90% of GOP members. The standoff is with 20 conservative colleagues, including three from Texas, Representatives Chip Roy, Michael Cloud, and Keith Self. While this drags out, concerns are growing over national security with House members who have not been sworn in yet unable to access classified intelligence. First warning weather with Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans. Just another picture-perfect day across central Texas. This whole week has really been wonderful, hasn't it? There's the sun in the western sky from our Indeed weather cam up at the Domain. Can't find a single cloud out there, and it's really not too warm. Actually, the 24-hour comparison is showing many of us are 4, 5, or 6 degrees cooler than we were at this time yesterday, and that translates to just windows open 60s in many areas, 65 in Austin, a little warmer out in Mason and Fredericksburg. Coming up in your forecast,
forecast changes in the weather begin tomorrow. We'll talk about the first thing that you'll notice when you wake up an update on when to plan on some wet and foggy weather this weekend and looking way into January to see if there's any end to what has been a top 10 warmest start to January in Austin history. All right, thanks, David. Well, Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin has begun to communicate in writing with his family and others who have been at his bedside since he went into cardiac arrest on Monday. And doctors say his first question was, did we win? Hamlin remains critically ill in the intensive care unit, but he began to wake up last night. And doctors say it appears his neurological function is intact, meaning that he can follow commands and move. They also say they've not determined the cause of Hamlin's cardiac arrest and that testing is ongoing. They're crediting everything medical teams did on the turf where Hamlin was motionless for 16 minutes. Crews performed CPR for about nine minutes and inserted a breathing tube. Criminals cutting off ankle monitors with no consequences or digging into the governor's request to lawmakers to punish those who do. And just ahead, why the Supreme Court of another state with a cardiac activity abortion ban similar to Texas just ruled it unconstitutional. And millions of workers can't switch jobs because of a non-compete clause. But a move today could mean those may not be legal soon. South Carolina's Supreme Court has struck down the state's ban on abortions after cardiac activity is detected. This is very similar to one of Texas' bans, except South Carolina's law has exceptions for rape and incest. Now, the court says the restriction violates the state's constitution's right to privacy. The majority wrote the state unquestionably has the authority to limit the right of privacy that protects women from state interference with her decision, but any such limitation must be reasonable. And it must be meaningful in that the time frames imposed must afford a woman sufficient time to determine she is pregnant and to take reasonable steps to terminate that pregnancy. Six weeks is, quite simply, not a reasonable period of time for these two things to occur. And therefore, the act violates our state constitution's prohibition against unreasonable invasions of privacy. Now, currently, South Carolina bars most abortions at 20 weeks. Another dry day across the Austin area. No measurable rain at Camp Mabry. Just seven hundredths of an inch so far this month and, of course, this year. Drought monitor update largely unchanged this week in today's update from the U.S. Drought Monitor. The only thing we have seen is a very slight expansion of these red colors. Extreme and exceptional drought southwest of Austin. Your first warning forecast and some changes starting tomorrow. Next. We are days away from the start of the legislative session, and Governor Greg Abbott says he wants to crack down on criminals, especially those who cut off their ankle monitors. Yeah, Abbott says right now there are no criminal consequences for them. Our Monica Madden tells us what advocates say any new laws need to do. I don't have a best friend anymore. I can't, I don't have anyone to call on a bad day. Candace Atwood's best friend, Catherine Dyer, was murdered in Austin in 2015. Just at a loss. We want justice. Dyer's then-boyfriend, Kevin Michael Wagspack, was charged with murder, but skipped town days before his trial. He's out there. We have no clue, no leads, nothing. For Atwood, the worst part is he fled after a judge granted the removal of his GPS ankle monitor. That judge is what has caused us hell these past years. 
Stories like theirs are why Governor Greg Abbott is calling for ankle monitor reform in the upcoming session. In a letter to top legislative leaders Wednesday, he said Texas cannot allow violent criminals back into our communities, calling for more criminal penalties for parolees who cut off their ankle monitors and prioritizing their arrest. It's not a deterrent for folks that are not ready to follow the conditions of their supervision. Criminal justice advocates like Jennifer Toon say any law changes need to go further than just adding criminal penalties. I want to make sure that those reforms actually address the real problems of ankle monitors. And for Atwood, she just never wants to see this happen to anyone else. We would have had our closure by now, but we don't get that because that judge chose to let him off his monitor. Monica Madden, KXAN News. Back in July, Hayes County commissioners approved a plan to address a jail overcrowding by allowing judges to release inmates before trial and using ankle monitors to keep track of them. Previously, the county only used ankle monitors for tracking people on probation. It's unknown how long the program may last, as it is funded by the county's American Rescue Plan, federal dollars that came in response to the pandemic. Chief Meteorologist David Yeomans joins us now. David, if we have any more weather like we've had the past <laughs> few days, we're going to be fooled into thinking that winter is over right, when it's right. only That's just right. begun. Springtime. Yeah. We will get more cold snaps, but we don't have any in sight, guys, for some time. This was our third straight day of these room temperature afternoons in the upper 60s to middle 70s. It was in the upper 60s today, a little bit cooler from a push of north wind. It was just a gentle one, 65 degrees right now under completely clear skies. Absolutely gorgeous and also a little bit of improvement in our allergies. Thank goodness. Cedar and mold are both down. Cedar taking a brief dip down from very high to high concentrations. We'll take what we can get. Beautiful clear skies locally, but let me take you out west. Last night we were talking about this massive atmospheric river of moisture pummeling California. San Francisco just wrapped up their wettest seven-day period since the 1800s. Over 10 inches of rain in the Bay Area. Wind damage is possible in the city of Los Angeles from this system and from one that follows with heavy rain on Monday for the college football championship there in LA. Little piece of that storm breaks off and heads here this weekend, but it's kind of just a glancing blow. Let me show you the changes that we'll notice in the morning, though. Clear skies through the evening and really through much of the overnight, but by tomorrow morning, a little south wind overnight gently brings back some humidity, and that causes low clouds to form around dawn. Bit of a gray start, and you might notice the slight uptick in humidity. Certainly not a muggy morning, but not quite the dry air that we've had around for the past few days. Morning clouds linger on the I-35 corridor until the afternoon. Eventually, we break out some sunshine on a nice day tomorrow, but Saturday, this is the day that it looks a little damp and just not very pretty outside. We're waking up with low clouds everywhere and a few little specks of mist and drizzle on the radar. Here we are midday Saturday with a pretty good likelihood of at least some passing light rain showers, nothing much more than that. Saturday evening, maybe a shower or even thunderstorm in our eastern counties, and then that's it. The Sunday morning forecast can't rule out a little stray shower lingering behind this system, but overall, I think most of the rain now happens on Saturday, and even then, it's not much, just enough to make everything wet, plus some fog, but not much in the bucket. A few hundredths of an inch, this will provide zero drought relief. The difference in days will be noticeable this weekend as you make your plans. Gray with some showers and fog, about 70 before the front arrives on Saturday. On Sunday, a little bit cooler, mainly dry after an early morning shower, and some sun comes back out. Looking pretty nice. 
All right, tonight's forecast, clear skies, 45 degrees, not quite as cold as the 41 that we saw in Austin this morning. Those light southeast winds start to bring in some low clouds by morning. Tomorrow afternoon looks pretty. A few more clouds than we saw today, certainly, and breezy, 76 degrees. That's a lot warmer as south winds gust up to 20 miles per hour. The seven-day forecast shows cloudy skies with some periods of light drizzle and fog on Saturday. The cold front timing has scooted up a little bit, so we'll put it in front of the day as it could arrive before noon Saturday. After that, Sunday, Monday, very, very pleasant weather just like we had today. But remember, our average highs this time of the year are in the lower and mid-60s. We bounce back quickly to the 70s Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of next week with not a lot of measurable rain on the way. This has been an unusually warm start to January, and this may continue. 8 to 14 day outlooks through January 19th, showing a pretty high likelihood of warmer than normal winter conditions across the whole state. Just ahead, the new battle to win customers in the skies with free Wi-Fi. The Federal Trade Commission rolled out a proposal today to change a rule that would prohibit employers from using non-compete clauses that limit a worker's ability to change jobs. An estimated 36 to 60 million private sector workers are subject to non-competes. They're used to make it difficult for employees to work for a competitor or start their own business for a period of time after they leave employment. The FTC says the rule would boost wages by nearly $300 billion per year by giving workers more power to find a new job or using the threat of leaving to demand a race. Amazon now says it will cut more than 18,000 jobs, more than initially planned. That's about 6% of its roughly 300,000 person workforce. Amazon is the nation's second largest private employer behind Walmart. It says the cuts will largely impact its brick and mortar stores, which include Amazon Fresh and Amazon Go, and its PXT organizations, which handle human resources and other functions. Delta Airlines will offer travelers free Wi-Fi beginning February 1st. At the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas today, the CEO said customers will just have to log in with Delta Sky Miles frequent flyer account information. Delta is outfitting more of its planes with fast Wi-Fi from Viasat. Right now, it charges a flat fee of $5 per flight. United charges $8 for its frequent flyers and $10 for everyone else. Southwest Airlines charges $8 and it is free on JetBlue. Hawaiian Airlines plans to offer free internet this year, powered by SpaceX's Starlink. No reruns tonight on KXAN at 7, it's the original Law and Order. At 8, it's the Special Victims Unit. And at 9, it's Organized Crime. And then we're back with KXAN News at 10. You can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on the CW Austin. And here's where to find us. Thanks for listening to KXAN News Nightly. You can also listen to KXAN News Today every morning for more in-depth coverage of what matters most to you.